to our fans. You're the best in the world. Thank you. And last but not least, to all those people that roll this team up, to all those people that criticise this team, tonight's for you. Thank you. And welcome to the Lock Pod. This is the match review panel for the Hull Magic Weekend game, Leeds versus Hull. Joining me on this podcast was Gavin and Cameron. Welcome return for Cameron and um, Gavin is a new guest. We speak about the Hull game, the Leeds Hull game. We review that. Speak about Cruz Leeming again. Um, I just think this podcast should just be called the Cruz Leeming Show <coughs> because we just it just. Every week we're just waxing lyrical about how good he has been for us this year. So we reviewed the Magic game. <clears throat> Cameron and Gavin gave me their thoughts on the Magic game. on the al- And they also gave me their thoughts on the Magic weekend as a whole. And um, whether they think it should stay in Newcastle. They both attended the game in Newcastle, I didn't. Or whether it should go elsewhere. Or So they both give us their thoughts on that. Again, as usual, we looked forward to the 2022 squad. I did the release and retain list with Gavin for 2021. And I did a release and retain list for 2022 because Cameron has previously given us his 2021. So it was interesting to get people's... I know it's looking ahead perhaps a bit too much, but with regards to like Bodine Thompson and Tom Briscoe and what, what they do... Do they think they deserve another deal or would they let him go, etc, etc. We also waxed lyrical about Harry Newman um, and his performance in the Magic Weekend game. And a few more bits. Here it is, enjoy. Yeah, ready, mate, yeah. Good, right. Well, welcome to the Lock Pod. This is the match review panel for the whole game, the Magic Weekend game. Today I've got two special guests. I've got Gavin. Gavin, thanks a lot for joining me. No worries, mate. Gavin went to the game, so that's uh, always a positive. And we've also got returning Cameron. Thanks for joining us, Cameron. No problem. I'm glad to be back. Uh, we'll just go through the, the whole Magic game. I thought, well, to start with the whole weekend, it seemed to get quite a good attendance, 64,500. I'll start with Gavin, if I can. What did you make of the whole whole weekend, the whole day as a whole up there? Well, like well, I said earlier, I didn't really go to the games before. Uh, mm. I only went in for the Leeds game, but I uh, watched the games in the pub around Newcastle. The atmosphere was brilliant. Mm. Fans mixing, singing together. Just be glad to be back to normal life. Would you, would you keep it at Newcastle or would you like to see it go on the road somewhere I, else? I'd definitely keep it in Newcastle, but that's just my opinion. Good city centre, no ground, perfect for me. And Cameron, what did you make of it as a whole? The week, Magic Weekend, Magic Day. It was it was really 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 good. Um, straight for straight from the off, you know, we um, we got there nice and early, and there's that big shopping centre, and um, 
seeing all the fans all um Super League shirts there were good. Uh fans zone were packed and it that it was a great atmosphere there. And I watched all three games and Salford mm. Cast were a good were a good game in a, in itself. Um obviously mm. overshadowed by what happened afterwards. It was great to hear the Salford fans out singing Cass Cassie's fans though. I didn't expect that. <laughs> I think they had a bit of help from um, some of the Leeds fans behind me. I think they, they were helping. The <laughs> Minimum. And what about uh, Magic Week? Would you like to see it stay in Newcastle or would you like to see it move elsewhere? Newcastle's a fine uh, venue for whilst we keep it in England. Um, I think it's great because, like I said, there's the shopping centre right next door. So there's lots to do other than mm. just being at the ground where when it were in Manchester, it will not wasn't anything around the Etihad, but no. I I'd like to see it if we could take it somewhere abroad. You know, try and capitalize on Catalan and Toulouse, maybe in France. You know, can you imagine imagine mm. weekend in Paris. I mean, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Or maybe even somewhere somewhere else in Europe, somewhere sort of untapped by rugby league. I mean, it it take a lot, but I'd really like to see us try somewhere like that. I think, like you said, I think it depends on the destination. If it were Paris, there's a lot of attraction there. Definitely. Even for, um, say, you were going with your family. You know what I mean? If you were yeah. family of four and two, only two were going to the game, the other two, the attraction's there for somewhere like Paris, I agree. So on, on to the game. Um, oh, no, we've lost Gavin. Um Hopefully he'll pop back onto the game. Um, Richard said it was a must-win game, and I agree with that. I think it, I think it really was, and we got it done in the end. Oh, welcome back, Gavin. We lost you there. <laughs> no, uh, I, I was just saying, um, Richard Agar said it was a must-win game, and I, I, I did agree with. That. What did you uh, make of the game, Cameron? What did you? What were your standout thoughts on it, on, on Leeds as a whole? Do you know, I was really surprised by um, the performance. Um, I always thought we'd show guts in the performance. But I don't know, I really, I, you know, it's one of those games where I didn't get home quick enough to rewatch it for some reason. We weren't obviously an attacking masterclass, but some of the tries we scored, I thought they were really, really good tries. You know, Harry Newman's, that's just class from Harry and then Cruz Lehman's try it well it's all Harry Newman again isn't it so I thought Harry Newman Cruz Lehman again yeah <laughs> yeah they were both brilliant um, and um, I actually thought we, we were quite good to watch we weren't perfect to watch it wasn't like we were best attacking team in the world but I just really enjoyed the performance it was, you know when Louis went off injured I thought oh well we've had it here but I thought Richie Myler did a really good job in playing full back and half back Jack Broadburn took um was a great runner out the back. So in the end, I thought it was just it was a real joy to watch. If you get me, mm. what what did you make of it, Gavin? What did you think of the game? I, I agree. Cameron's took same words out of my mouth. Uh, not mm. very good attacking performance, but I think individuals stood up when it mattered. Like oh, I Louis went off. I thought yeah. this is it. We've lost this. All mm. got on top of it, and like Broadbent had a free role. Milo playing two roles: full back, scrum half, and gutsy win. Very gutsy win because. All have been playing a bit poor recently, but we have been cracking. But we've been getting off at line. But mm. uh, very impressed with how we got through that game. We had no half backs. Absolutely, I think, I think, like like you two touched on there, Myler and Broadbent sort of switching. I've, yeah. For my whole, for as long as I can remember, I've always wondered why teams don't utilise that more. 
you know, if, if one of the halves is stronger at defending or, the, you know, switching them up. I thought that was you know, a genius move for Megar there. Oh, I totally agree. I, I thought it was really smart. And it, it did what we were talking about last week, didn't it? In terms of, it met, got, I mean, it didn't pay off because Rob Louie went off injured, but it got Dwyer on the bench, which mm. is something I think he wanted to do. And it just freshened us up a bit. I thought in attack, we had a bit more, we had, after we've looked stumped for ideas recently, so I thought it just gave us some. We weren't, we were a bit clunky sometimes, but I thought it just gave us that extra element. What did you think of Jack Broadbent, Gavin? Definitely, he's been out a while, yeah. so to chuck him in deep end, and not saying a big game, but if we lost advantage all to get in that top six, mm. he, he just thrives, he just loves the atmosphere. If he, he celebrates with crowd, him and having him, and it's just brilliant to see. It didn't. It didn't look like a player who had had a long layoff, did he? No, no. But uh, stood up very well, and he, I think he enjoys playing the game. I know we all do enjoy it, but mm. just how he comes across to me, I don't know him personally. But mm. it just it looks like he's a good lad to have around the team. Yeah, it really seems. And I thought he, I thought he'd try were a it were a key try to be honest, because I don't know about you two, but I'd wrote down I'd wrote some notes, and I wrote down that Reese Martin. Kicked, kicked the goal. I don't know how he missed that. Neither do I. <laughs> I wrote down 26-24 and that was so key because that, that was... would have been over the line and we would, never would have got all that awful extra time and God knows dropouts but we'll, we'll go back to earlier in the game. Um, Cameron touched on it a little bit uh, with, with Newman's try, but obviously Reese Martin scored first and he just ran straight over Mark's need. Now, obviously you two were at the game. I, I didn't go. I, I was watching it on Sky. Sky were waxing lyrical about Mark's need. And I, I don't know about you two, but I think he's completely pants. I'll let you go first, Cameron. <laughs> Cameron, you Mark's uh... need... He's, he's just not consistent enough for me. Um, I remember I watched him a long time ago. It was 2013 and he was playing for Salford at the time. And I thought, there's a real good player in there. And then obviously he burst onto the scene on loan at Fass. Uh, but he went last when we beat him in the Challenge Cup final that year in 2014. He, he, but he, he should have really kicked on at all. And at times he did. I mean, he's a two-time Lance Todd Trophy winner. He's got a hell of a kicking game. He's got everything to be the best yeah. scrum half in the league. And yet, yeah. just not consistent enough, even within individual games. Because he kicked mm. us to death early in that first half. But mm. we we ran at him until, you know, he was their weakness. So he was the reason they were scoring points. But he was the reason they were conceding points. Yeah. So he's a mixed bag and... He has been for his whole career, unfortunately. And if he if he if he got that bit more consistency, I'd really rate him. Unfortunately, he'll always to me be one of those players that's what if, you know. Mm. What do you think of Mark's need, Gavin? Uh, I agree with Cameron, he's not very consistent, but when he's good, he's good. His kicking game is probably one of the best in Super League. But yeah, I agree with his, that, yeah. His, mm. his defence is very poor. I think Harry Newman ran through him for this try as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I was about to say Harry, yeah. Harry Newman. Exactly, Reese Martin, and just ran straight over him. So I don't know if that would have tapped to Agar, picked out through a week, but two of his tries came through. I'm not saying his mistake, but should be a bit better, shouldn't he? I do think his kicking game is the best in the league. Definitely, that's would, my opinion. If, yeah. If I were a whole fan, thank God I'm not. But if I, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I just don't think it's enough. I, I just don't I just think don't... what he does is enough to, um, to justify. Anyway, we'll move on from. 
from Mark Sneed. Yeah, Harry Newman, you just touched on him there. I'm I'm going to say, I think that was his best game in What did you think of him, Gav? Yeah, definitely. Like he's had a like, double leg break. No, I get, same as Broken. Yeah, unbelievable yeah. his form already. His, his defence is he's always fisting up from a kick chase. He's always fisting there. His attacking skills, he's always breaking line. He's always beating fist man. He's... I'm just good that we've got him at Leeds and hopefully we can tie him down before NRL clubs come. Ten-year deal, yeah. Ten-year deal. Yeah. What you his performance, Cameron? You took words right out of my mouth. It was his, uh, to me, it was his best performance at the senior level. He's yeah, he, he's going to be a class class player. Both him and Robin are going to be both really, really good. Um, Gav touched on it there in, in defence. I remember when he made his, when he sort of burst on the scene in 2019, I thought his defence were the weakness. Well, it's not anymore. I think he's one of the best defensive centres in the league now and it just shows he always picks up on that element of his game that he could improve and he does. This year, I thought he needed to score more tries and create tries. Well, he scored and assisted two of the best tries or certainly yeah. most creative off-the-cuff tries. Out Tries out of nothing. The Magic mm -hmm. Weekend saw last week. Um, he, he's... he's He's so competitive in everything he does. I, I yeah, think really he's got a big future ahead of him. Oh, massively. And I think, like Gav said, it, we need sooner rather than later, we need we need to get this kid tied down. Like Broadbent as well, we need to yeah. get these. They need at least five-year deals because exactly like Gavin said, this, the, the, that game was televised in, in, a, in Australia. And if anyone's watching, they're just going to look at that and think, yeah. right, well, and if someone comes along and offers him a deal, he's gonna, he's obviously gonna take it. But I thought that was best. He forced the dropout yep. for the try. He, like as uh, Cameron said, the pass flick pass to Briscoe for his try, just sheer class. And then the chase down in extra time. I think it was Mark Sneed. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, chased his kick down. Went on an amazing run. Unfortunately, no one with him, and I think he was a bit shattered. And yeah. what I like, what, what I really like about him as well is, I think uh, Cameron touched on it, he never seems happy when he makes an error. It seems to really annoy him. Like, well, he made that he, error, never he? he made that error for when, when we were losing his momentum and it seemed to really annoy him. And that's when you get his, uh, shortly after that, he forces drop out, then he scores the try and he ends up being, I thought you were man of the match, personally. And I think... Mm. He just was so annoyed at himself after that knock on. He just took his performance up like three levels. Like I need to, I need to make amends for that. And he more than did. I think he came across as a leader. Would yeah. you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I think he really came. I think I saw a lot there. And I thought a bit like it could. I don't know. Sometimes I look a bit get a bit ahead of myself. But I thought if he's playing like that, it could be as good as Callum Watkins. You know him. Who's to say he could become lead Leeds captain one day? I saw a lot that I liked there. What did you make of um, Cruz Leeming? This this is becoming the Cruz Leeming podcast. But what, what did you think of Cruz Leeming, Gavin? Well, he got his position back to Walker, didn't he? Then obviously <laughs> he, had to, he had to change early doors back to scrum half. But I bet mm. he's thinking, "Ah, hey, guy, why did we need to sign Austin and Caesar?" Yeah. yeah. Well, he's, proper, is, he's standing up. He's, he's probably been the best player. He's been the most consistent player all season. Yeah, we've we've long been saying on the, this podcast that Leeming's yeah. our best at halfback. 
Well, I got to a great minute, yeah. And he, I can remember after Huddersfield away game uh, mm. behind closed doors, and he says, I didn't know where to stand. It felt like a rugby union game. And after that, <laughs> it's like you were lying. Best scrum half in the league. Yeah, honestly, since we dropped him in there, he's been he's been absolutely golden. What did you make of him, Cameron? Uh, I thought he was another really top performer. Um, I mean, he always looks good at nine. Um but he did a job when he goes. Well, he always does a job when he goes to six. I just love the way he he brings that because he's always had a running element to his game at Ucker. He brings yeah. that to um to the halves, which really tests and stretches defenses mm-hmm. and creates space for people outside of him. Um, and he did that really well. Um, I thought him and Dwyer dovetailed brilliantly towards the end of the eighty minutes when they were quite they seemed quite tired and. Dwyer would run out of dummy half and get them on the back half, back foot. He'd get tackled, quick play the ball, and Lehman would then do the same, going up at the rook, and he, he, they just caused havoc for him. He'll want to forget that first drop goal attempt, though. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Could have passed it. Would have scored. Should have passed it. Could have passed it. He had a he had a goal. Then it was it Myler, and then yeah, Matt. Oh God, they were getting worse. Weren't they? <laughs> yeah. But to be fair, in extra time, just touch on extra time there. As mad as it was, Hull never looked like scoring. No, they were gone. I could see that. Obviously, I would be. Oh, they were, I agree with that. They were really gone. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were shot. I think we could have gone for a try. I know you go straight for a point when you're in golden point, but I think we could have mm-hmm. tried. We but, should have done. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. They were gone. They were out on their feet. They were even slowing Darmton to be injured. And yeah, I was confident, but then you always think March need going to lose by a point. <laughs> Not all, yeah, not only that, he can he can knock it over from anywhere, can't he? He could knock yeah. it from halfway line, just not one over. What did you make of um, Jake Connor's performance, Gavin? Jake Connor is one of them. Did that forty twenty game on its head a little bit, that yeah, he did, didn't he? Did that forty twenty, but I think he scored a second time. Yeah, he did. Good, good player. That's that, what he can do. That's the things mm-hmm. he can do. Uh, but he didn't he chase Ali Newman back in the last few minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did that charge down. Mm, yeah. So, like you said, like a bit like Sneed, we know he's quality and he could go to any any NRL, any NRL team going, but he's just not consistent mm. at the minute. He don't fit. Mm. But like that, he can just do forty twenty score to try and he can turn game on its head. What did you think of him, Cameron? He's got Liam Sutcliffe syndrome, hasn't he? In, in so far as he's never nailed down a position, even played fullback all year, and then they dropped him in at standoff. Um, on Saturday. Now you can't really fault that logic with Jamie Shaw playing at fullback. I, I understand why they did it, but sometimes I think a player needs that settled position to get the very best out of them. Um, mm. That's why you've seen Liam, Liam Sutcliffe were better last year when he was just settled at centre, and he was he ended up having a really good season this year for Paul Sutty. He's been all over the shop again because of injuries, and it's a similar mm. story for Jake Connor. You know, he's gone from standoff centre. Full back, he's never sort of settled anywhere, and I think that's what Hodgson's tried to do is settle him at full back. And when he has had that one game, he's been really effective. I don't think that injury did him any good. He got injured, didn't he, playing for England against the combined nations? And mm-hmm. I think that sapped his season of a little bit of momentum. Good player, though, like Gavin says, really good player. Um, and if you can find that position, probably full back now and stay fit, you expect him to be. Pushing for the number one jersey at the World Cup next year. Yeah, I'd have thought so. I agree. Did, did you think it were a knock on by Connor for what it's Savelio? Savelio scored. Did you get to see that on big screen? Yeah, in live play, I just thought it would have tried me. Mm. 
Uh, big screen, 50-50, we've got that decision. Uh, I'd have been disappointed if it went against Leeds, but... We were old one, weren't we, after Warrington? That's all I could think yeah. about was, it was like the reverse of that Josh Charnley try. That were a try that was sent upstairs that quite clearly should have been overturned. There was sufficient evidence to overturn it, and it won. This one, there might not have been sufficient evidence. I'm not sure there was sufficient evidence. But mm. this war overturned because there was that inkling of doubt there. And, you know, I just felt like, well, it all comes out in the wash, doesn't it? You know, we were, yeah. we were unlucky against Warrington. And, um, you know, we've got a, a bit of luck here. Sky was saying that they thought it would a try. I thought it would a try, to be honest. I didn't, like Gavin said, I didn't, if that were, if that were us, if that were Leeds, I'd have been disappointed if that had got overturned. So I, I do think we got away with one there. What did you make of um, Brad Dwyer? I believe he went to his brother's wedding in the morning. Yeah, morning of the game and managed to bez up for the game. I thought he had a decent game. What did you think, Gav? Very good. Mm. I like him, me. Brings, I like him when he plays 80 minutes. Not as effective, but when he comes off bench. That was my, that my next question, yeah. That was my next no, question. Sorry, do you think he's an 80 minute? No, it's all right. It's fine. Do you think, do you think he's an 80 minute hooker, yeah? Yeah, but you get more out of him coming off bench, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. He'd we spoke in the last podcast, I think, about when McCle- he came on for McClelland at Holloway, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Totally. The whole momentum of that game swung in our favour from his impact. Do you think he had a good game on on a, at Magic Weekend? Yeah, definitely. Very good. Lifted up. We've got us to the next gear. We'd, we'll, not saying we're talking about it, but we know we've got eight in front. Dwyer mm. came on and he just gives an extra level. His energy is just immense. His energy levels are very good. What do you think of him, Cameron? Well, it was Sky's man of the match, wasn't he? I'm, I'm not sure I did him the man of the match. He, he did his job, as Gavin just said. He, oh, he, he does bring an extra level of intensity and energy. And I thought that's what killed all. We just had, we ended up get, having more energy than them. We were doing the smart, we were smart players to turn them over again and again in the middle. They were tiring out down the middle and they could, just couldn't handle Dwyer and Lehman running at them behind the rook. And even like Ash Andley would step in at Ucker and do a J-line run around the rook. And they were just causing problems for them. And Dwyer set that platform. And I think that platform was the reason why we won Golden Point because they were tired and our forwards were just getting on top of them again and again and again. That's why we had so many decent opportunities to nail the one when Schneid were trying to hit them from 40, 50 metres out. Yeah, they looked a bit shattered. Was there anyone else that uh, that stood out that you'd like to talk about, Gavin? Uh, I think you've named them all. I think Morgan Gannon did a steady job on Savelio. Say he's a 17 year old kid. He's, uh, he's playing a good shift in a minute, isn't he? He's unbelievable. He's uh, a great player. Yeah, just Lehman Dwyer, Newman's. They're the ones what stood out for me. What very, mm. what very good team performance, I don't think. I think individuals won that game. But obviously yeah, they showed gutsy to, to hang in there, you know, when we went eight behind. Mm. So they're the three what actually stick in my head from front weekend, them three. What do you think, Cameron? I think it was individuals who won the game, but I think you could almost look at every individual and go, they had one good moment, whether it's Luke Bristol making up for those couple of knock-ons by chasing that kickback and dealing with it and not conceding the goal line dropout. Um, I I was particularly impressed though with King Vuni Ayawa. I, 
I thought it was one of his better games, starting at prop. He yeah. had a lot of energy. He seemed to bounce off a few tackles and find his front and quick play the balls. And we'll miss him against Saints because he's picked up a foot injury, hasn't he? When I was looking at the squad today, that'll be a yeah. big loss. Yeah, I think definitely. I agree with that. I do think that was what his best game. And um, yeah. I, I wanted, I still, I've, been, I've mentioned it a couple of times on, on this pod that. I'm wanting more from Bodine Thompson. I think he owes us a game big time. I, I don't think he offers anywhere near enough. I agree what, with you on that one. Do you agree with that? What do you think? Not like to call me players, obviously, but he don't do mm. enough for me. Puts his 20 minutes in, I don't think he came back on when we play Wakey away. No. He seems uh, slow, seems overweight. I just Yeah. We were talking about it last week, but when it comes to overseas quarter spots and you think we're... we're you know, we're wasting one on him, I think. What do you think, Cameron? I think he does us a job. It's it's not a very exciting job and it's not one that... Certainly did. I thought last season it was a really savvy signing because we mm. were down on back rowers and he came in and he, he were playing... I think Mello were injured at the time and he was playing on that left side and I thought he did a really sound job. And then he moved to lose forward later in the season. I thought he was still doing really a really good job. I think he struggled for fitness this season. Um, but I think the reason you see him start so much, Agar trusts him, and he he gets he does get through the basics. He's not very eye catching getting through the basics. Um, he he he's kind of barring that Wakefield game where he made a few errors. He's oh no, it won't Wakefield actually. It was Wigan. Sorry, he's quite. I think Agar thinks he's quite trustworthy, and he, he does tick the boxes. You don't go, but maybe you don't go. Certainly, when he's playing prop, you don't go beyond the ticking of the boxes. But he just gets through his processes, and somebody like Pryor next to him will go beyond, above and beyond the um, what's expected of a prop. I thought the against Hull, I thought it was one of his better performances this season because mm. um, he had a multiple stints. Like Gavin said, he didn't come back on against Wakefield, but he did come back on against Hull. Even in um, the second half of Golden Point, and he did his he did his job. Like he's just a player who does his job, and sometimes you need those. Maybe you're right on the quarter from where maybe we could have had a King Vuniyawa in a quarter spot instead of a Bodine Thompson. But you know, there's a lot of worse players in Super League that could be absorbing that quarter quarter spot. Yeah, definitely. What did you make of our discipline this week? We had no sin bin. I think that's the first time in God knows how many games. But we did have, I think I counted six set restarts. What did you think of our discipline this week, Gavin? Well, it's I can't remember much of discipline, to be honest, from weekend. Like I said, there were no yellow cards, so that didn't stick in my mind. That may, yeah, that makes, yeah, that makes a change. What have you felt of our discipline in, in, in recent games? Do you think we've been hard done by, or do you think it's an issue for us? I think it's an issue for us. Uh, mm. Some dodgy decisions like Matt uh, Tetravano against Wigan, mm. he didn't get banned for the yellow card one, he got banned for the earlier one. So, Bateman, yeah. it would have been a bit hard done to buy RFL, but the discipline has to be better, especially when it gets to knockout rugby. One decision can cost you a game, okay. and hopefully, we're working on that. Obviously, as Saturday came and no yellow cards. Thomas, there's so much working. What did you think of us this week, Cameron? Discipline wise. It were better discipline, but what I'll say is I our problem has been this for the last sort of two seasons, 2020 and 2021. We started brilliantly on Saturday. We got ourselves in control. We were rolling them downfield, getting yeah. sets. 
We, we were 8 nil up for eight minutes. And then yeah. it's it's the old, it's what we seem to always do. Uh, we, make an, we knock on or we give away a penalty and then suddenly we just lose control of the game. And then we went from being 8 nil up to 14-8 down in a blink of an eye. And I think that's something we have to address. We always start games looking like we can control, you know, control the game. And then we just make an error or give away a penalty and then we compound it with another mistake. We start losing control of the contest. And that's something that I think needs to improve. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. So we did win the game 25-24 in the end. I felt in extra time, as we spoke, spoke about earlier, about all the missed drop goals. I don't know about you two, but I just kept thinking, if we have Luke Gale out there, this is done already. It would have been. If we'd have had Caesar or Austin. It would have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Game, it's done. It's finished. It's absolutely done. So at least looking at next year and, you know, God forbid, injuries and stuff, we would be in a much better position to win that game. So obviously it's Saints away next. We've had the squad. I'm not sure if you've both seen it. Um, yeah. In terms of the squad and the game itself, what would you do, Gavin? Would you rest a few because got a medal, or do you think we should go full strength and try and try and get something out of that game? Well, I think Saints squad announced first, and it said that LMS were missing, that Parsi were missing, Bentley yeah. were missing. So then I thought, I hope Leeds go for it because one yeah. win then takes us into the top six. Mm. But then I think we're a bit light on forward. Just we obviously Kings not playing, have a tentative mm. Arno. I think we still might struggle anyway. So if I were coach. Probably rest a few up and make all yard a must-win game, but get that last. Me. What about you, Cameron? What would you do if you were in charge? Rest a few or full strength? Initially, straight after it was that. This is how I think sometimes. Straight after, as I was walk, after the game against all, and we were walking back to coach, I was like, "Yeah, let's just right off sets and we'll go for all yard." But then somebody pointed out to me, it could be if we lose to all yard. Um, at Edinley because we could fit Hulk are a good team they could feasibly beat us yeah. and if that happened we might have to rely on points difference to mm. take us into the top six um, right now our points difference is better than Cassie's and it's better than OKR's I believe but if we rest a few go to Saints and get tonked and suddenly we can't rely on points difference I mm. think I, I'd go full, full well as full strength as we can go at the minute Um mm. Because it's also that time of year where I think you need a bit of momentum. Uh, I remember, I think one of that was one of Cassie's problems in 2017. They won the league leader shield so early on, they didn't have it. They didn't. They didn't need to win the games after that, so they seemed to lose a bit of their momentum. I think right this time of year, the more, I mean, you don't want to get injuries, but if you keep playing and playing and playing well and building off your last performance. You know, you're going to be better off for the playoffs in two weeks' time than you mm. would be if you take that momentum away from from your side. That being said, if anyone's got a little knock, let's say, mm. you know, Matt Pryor's got a dodgy ankle, you know, he, he might need a rest, then rest him. Don't take any risks, but still go there and try and win the game. Mm. I'd, I, I, I'd agree with that, but... To say to the exact same extent, if anyone's got any niggle or any doubt at all, if it's someone like Matt Pryor or Cruz Lehman, someone who's Harry Newman who's a key, or if Broadbent needs a week off because he's just come back, I, I'd give him that rest. But 
still try to go as strong as possible, even though, like Gavin said, with the injuries we've got. But then you really are playing with fire because, like you said, that whole KR game the week after just becomes something enormous. And Hull KR fans really travel in numbers. So you imagine that that, that away end will be packed out and it becomes an even bigger game. And like I say, if we lose that and all the permutations around that. It's, it, but like, but it's, it's the business end of the season, really. So you really should, in theory, be using every best player that you have available to you. But I guess we'll see. What We'll just move on to the... 2022 squad. Cameron's been through this on a, a previous podcast, so I'll start with with Gavin if I can. What have you made of the signings and recruitment we've made for 2022 with Bentley season Austin coming in? Do you think do you think that's Three. enough, or do you think are they good enough, or do you think we need more on top of them? What what, what are your thoughts? Well, if you asked me two weeks ago, I thought we still need a new forward, which I think we do now. Kings go in and yeah. We definitely need a big busting forward. I think we've got mm. room for a quota spot for that. I would have said mm. that we needed a right winger. Uh, mm. But with Broadbent coming through, and obviously Luke Briscoe hasn't got a deal yet, and he gets a lot of stick, Luke Briscoe, but he does a lot of work front back, you know, bring it out from his own goal mm. line, what people don't see, and I'm, I'm starting to like him again. He mm. was a bit poor Saturday, but he made up for it, like Cameron said. Uh, so I'd still think we need a right winger, but I'm still not sure. It's one of them. You've got Broadbent, you've got Tom Briscoe if you need him. I'm assuming that Liam Sutcliffe will play centre next year. Mm. Uh, but we're a bit like if one of them gets injured, I think we should go for a right winger. So I'll just go through a release and retain list. Um, some of these, well, I think they've all, all of them have been either either leaving or, or, or they're staying. Yeah. I'll just give you a name and I just want you, Gavin, to tell me whether you'd keep them or if you would have let them go. So the first name is Callum McClellan. What what would you do if you were Leeds hierarchy? Would you try to keep him or would you let him go, Callum McClellan? Uh, I'd release him. Uh, he's mm. a local lad to me. He's not don't live far away. Uh, but with Austin and if Gale stays, Caesar, I think even Lehman is in front of him now. So yeah. I'd release him. You'd let him go. Let what him about... Go. King, King Vunny Viawa, would you have re-signed him or would you have let him go? If you asked me before, we could have said let him go, but he's growing on me too. He's doing hard yeah. yards and he's, he looks mm. fit. Uh, probably keep him now, but we obviously know he's going, so... Going, yeah. What about Reese Martin? Would you have re-signed him or would you have let him go? It's one of them with Reese Martin. If he wants to stay, I'd, I'd like to keep him all the time because he's a spot-on kicker, but we still got... Mm. Gail and Caesar can kick, but I'm glad he stayed. Mm. Even though we'll have three decent back rowers, well, four with Gannon. Obviously, mm. we'll have Mella coming back. We'll have Bentley if his back's all right. Obviously, Reese yeah. Martin. Uh, so I'm glad he stayed, yeah, because he's good with boot, except for yeah. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> after, after that miss. Yeah. Uh, Conrad Hurrell, what would you have done with him? Would you have released re- him? Get rid of him, yeah, you're not a fan of his. Not a fan of his. He's good to guys, a good, but keeps team spirit up, but. He's not, no, he's not, he's not for me. He's not worth marquee money. I was going to say, do you think he's been worth the marquee money? No. No. His first season wasn't too bad, he, he, mm. but he just don't like his fit. He misses tackles, he drops ball quite a lot, and as much as he's a good bloke and he's a crowd entertainer, I'm I'm not glad he's get going, but uh, I'm glad someone will be taking his spot, if that makes sense. Yeah, and the last one, 
Richard Eger, would you like to see him stay? Would or would you like to see him go? And if you would like to see him go, who would you like to see replace him? Do I have to answer this one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't rate Eger as a coach. I never have done. Uh, right. He got the best out of us when we were getting relegated and we were towing. He brought a bit of structure to the club, uh, steadied us out. Yeah, but I think we need a better coach than him if we want to win things. Mm. Uh, I'd like to see Sean Wayne, but obviously he's gone back to Wigan. Uh, really? I'd like to see, him like to see Sean Wayne, yeah. I think he'd do it to come to Leeds. He probably won't do now, he's, but mm. now he's back at Wigan. Uh, I'd like to see Agar State Club. You know, sounds like he can do Kev's position. Mm. But as a coach coming in, uh, I don't know. I don't know if any... I would like to think there's a few NRL coaches available, but... Hmm. Would you take Michael Maguire? Because yeah. he's so a good one. He's going to lose his here. job. Yeah, he's, he's under a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah, would you take Michael Maguire? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Would you, Cameron? I'm not. I'm not so sure because he reminds me of Jose Mourinho in terms of hmm. ten years ago. He was bees knees. He comes to Wigan, totally changed Wigan. They finished sixth the year before, and he turned them into champions overnight. But He's obviously struggled in the NRL as he lost that bit of magic, you know, a bit like Mourinho did. You know, is he been and gone, man? It's possible. It'd be, I think, it'd be a risk. Mm. But he, he, he is a proven winner, and he, he did bring the best out of Wigan. So I wouldn't say completely and utterly no, but I'd what, be kind of cautious about it. What about Paul Green? No, no, he's just, oh, he's leaving the Queensland's job. Would you like to see him get it, Gavin? Uh, they must think somewhat of him if he's doing the Queensland job. That's it, yeah. Mm. Getting a group of players who don't play together much, you know, two and three from each club. Mm. Uh, don't know how much it costs, like. <laughs> that costs us an arm and leg to get him, but with his wages. But you don't manage Queensland or South Wales if you're not if you're not a good coach. So yeah, that's mm. Paul Green. What about you, Cameron? Would you would you would you like Paul Green at Leeds? Um, I won't. I won't really look to go there. I think you want someone who's recently been at a club and proven mm. that they can achieve at a club level. It's very different representative game. So, um, like well, like Gavin touched upon, you know, bringing it's br- different. You know, bringing in the very best players from the competition short period of time. You know, we need for starters, we need a strong ethos in the mm. playing roster I and mean, we've got a lot of young kids who need week-to-week development now he might be able to do that but mm. it's a very different kettle of fish from um, working with Queensland Absolutely I, th- I do think as I've said before I think I'd, I think Agar deserved a chance with the 2022 squad but if someone in the off-season NRL did a quality coach became available I'd like us to go all out and, and bring him in and like Gavin said move Agar to a, to Kev's old role so since Cameron didn't do the well he has but he didn't do it on this podcast the release and retain list for 2021 I've got a couple of players who were out of contract at the end of 2022 and I'll run those by you both to get to get your opinion so I'll start with Cameron and then we'll just kind of go in between Tom Briscoe Cameron what, what would you do with Tom Briscoe that is an incredibly hard decision. Because <laughs> um, I've, I've said last week, I've got a lot of time for Tommy. 
I don't mm. think he gets the respect he deserves um, for a player who does a lot of hard work, but also he's played, he's more than played his part in a lot of big occasions. For yeah, me, yeah. You know, yeah. try score at Wembley 2014, play five tries at Wembley 2015. He mm. was vitally important in the grand final in 2015 because he was part of that mm. wonderful Danny yeah. Maguire try. Two tries at Old Trafford 2017. Last year, he scored at Wembley. But he also was his player of the year in 2018 when we were really struggling. And if he had not been on that wing to score, I think he scored 18 tries that year. We just struggled even more. So I've got a lot of time for Tommy. For me, it's just a case of where is he at in a year's time? Because obviously, he's getting on a bit. Mm. Um, also, you got Liam Tyndall, who I think is going to be a really good player. He scored a lovely try for Doncaster. The other week, um, Jack Broadbent, I think, probably played his best rugby on the wing this year. I don't know whether that's his position in the long run, but I could see him maybe playing there. Um, I think we it's one of it's one of these where physically, where is he at next uh, this time next year? But also, where is Jack Broadbent and Liam Tyndall in their mm. respective development? I'm going to assume that Broadbent and Tyndall are going to be even better in 12 months' time. So I'm probably saying, Tommy, you've been really, really good for us, mate. You're coming towards the end of your career. Maybe you need to look for a new. Gavin, what would you do with Tom Briscoe? I, I agree with Cameron. He's been a superb servant. We're signing for Bolton. Yeah. I think we got rid of Ben Jones Bishop at the time, and I thought, what we're doing, man? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's like I said, he stood up in big games. I think no least life in this in sense. Yeah, it's come a bit. It's come good again, but mm. like I said, end of touch. 2022, see where he's at physical-wise. Uh, I won't bother if he left then, but like I said, he's been a good servant and long may it continue till he's here. Yeah. What about Brad Dwyer? What would you like him to, to re-sign at the end of 2022, Gavin? Another year, another two years for Brad Dwyer? Yeah, I don't know how old he is. How old is he? Does anyone know? He's late, well, getting towards his late 20s, but yeah, I think he's, he's, about not, 20, he's not 30 mm-hmm. yet. I think he deserves what he's brought this year and obviously I'm sure I'll do the same again next year. A few years, definitely. I know we've got Carly Johnson back, but yeah, if Gale does that. retire end of next year, then obviously when he got Austin for a year, maybe mm. way forward is leaning to be half back, you know. Uh, Could be, yeah. Mm. I'd uh, give him a deal, Dwyer. Two years, definitely. Two years. What, what about you, Cameron? I'd be borderlining on three. Um, he's always it's always been a bit funny with him at the club, really, in terms of his deals. He only ever gets given one or two. Yeah, he's always um, had short-term deals, hasn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and I, I feel like that's more the club going at those times in his development. We're not really sure whether mm-hmm. or not we can. You, you are good enough. But every time he's been asked that question, he's found a new level. This year is above what he was in 2020, which was above what he was in 2019. Now, we were really good in 2019. He was... League's head of where it was in 2018. I think he's at a stage where now, I've said all season, in terms of a hooking partnership, you know, you two hookers, you starting hooker and the one who comes off the bench. I yeah. think Lehman and Dwyer are the best two in the league. You know, Roby and Daryl Clark, they're probably better than the two of them. But the it's talking, talking about the pair, there's, mm-hmm. no, there's no pair in the league better than them. Um, so I'd be giving Dwyer probably, I'd give him three years, I think at 31, you know, Rob, Robbie, I mean, they're slightly different players, but similar in some respects. Robbie was still lightning out of a bottle coming off the bench when he was in his early thirties. So 
you know, to my mind, Dwyer could do the same. Yeah, I agree. I'd give him a deal as well. I like him. I think he offers a lot of enthusiasm. He seems to be a, a really popular member of the squad. You know, when you follow him on social media, he seems to to really um, to get them all going. What about Luke Gale, Gavin? First of all, first of all, first of all, do you think he'll stay for next season after us signing Austin and Caesar? Do you think he will stay? He's had a turbulent year, lost a captaincy. Do you think he'll stay for this year? Do you think he'll have another year with us, or do you think he'll he'll go elsewhere? Mate, end of the day, rugby league is a job for most people. Mm-hmm. We know he's a professional, but if he can get two years elsewhere, I think he might leave. Yeah, yeah uh, I do. Depending on money wise, obviously it'd be his last few years of his career. I'd mm. like to see him stay. Obviously, it might have been best out of him with two other halfbacks who will probably mm. take his place if he has a bad game. Uh, but if he gets off for two years at Wakey, what rumour is it? I don't blame him. Yeah. His personal life and his family. But I'd like mm. him to stay for another year. Yeah. He's like like Cameron said, if he would have played Saturday, the game would have been sold up before extra time. If he did, if he did leave at the end of this year, would you say Luke Gale's been a success at Leeds, Gavin? Uh, I'd say yeah just because of the drop goal in the Challenge Cup final I get stick mm. off all my cast friends saying oh, we got Richardson <laughs> you got Gale but in first year Gale kicked a drop goal won his Challenge Cup yeah. uh, mm. so a success not played as much as he'd like to mm. but I'm going to say yeah success just because he won us a Challenge Cup yeah um, we got Cameron's thoughts on, on Luke Gale uh, on, on a previous podcast so I'll, I'll start with, with Cameron if I can, on Richie Myler. Obviously coming up to end of his next for twenty twenty two. Do you think Richie Myler will should stay? Do you think there's a place for him with, with all the as we, as uh, Gavin said, with um Lehman emerging? Obviously we've signed Caesar, Austin, possibly Gale. Do you think uh, Jack Walker could be back? Jack Broadbent fighting in that that fullback spot. Do you think Richie might do you think there's a place for Myler? After 2022? I do, personally. Um, not a long deal. Maybe just another year. Because this time next year, he'll be 32. Um, yeah. So maybe another year to take into 2023. Uh, push two years to take into 2024. Mm. But I think he right now, even if Jack Walker were fit, he'd still be my first choice. Um, yeah, I think so, yeah. I agree with um, it gives us so much more in attack. Um, he's a leader and even if by 2023 even if he's still at the club but maybe not playing every week like he is now you know he's mm. the kind of personality who I think can help young the younger lads come yeah. through he's worth he's just worth having around the mm. having around the club but this season he's what 31 he's got 21 try, try involvements 14 assists and 7 tries which there's only 4 mm-hmm. players in the league who've got more than him more than him um, which is, you know, re- really impressive for somebody who's missed a huge chunk of this season at the start of it when he picked up that injury. Mm-hmm. So he's doing a job now. I expect him to still do a job next season and be our best fullback next season. That that's why I think. And whilst he's still performing, you still give him a contract. Gavin, Richard Mayer, everything what Cameron said is my first choice fullback. Even if Jack Walker off it, he brings so much to attack. When he, when he played half, but for us, I'm thinking, I think we've been robbed here off Catalans. I think I think he's gone, but he's moved into fullback. And same as Cruz, yeah, he's yeah. one of his best players. Just offers so much in attack. Mm. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, keep him as long as his legs are keep going. Yeah, I agree. I think, like you said, like, as you touched on there, similar to Cruz Leeming, no matter where we've dropped him in, he, he's done a he's done a job, and I think he's played his best. Certainly at Leeds, his best rugby at fullback. Yeah, and definitely. Jack Walker's got a lot to do. Even Broadbent, they've got a lot to do to dislodge him from there because that it'll have to take an injury or some really poor form for him to be dropped. A very nice bloke too. I met him in Melbourne when we played in the World Cup Challenge, and oh really? A nice guy, yeah. Yeah, he was a proper nice guy. Photo took with him, and had so much time for fans. And yeah, top, like like Cameron said, keeping with club, and if you don't play every week. Jack Walker, Broadbent, they all can learn every day of him. It's a true professional yeah. for me. Yeah, there's a lot of experience there. Uh, the next player, Bodin Thompson, we touched on him earlier. <laughs> I think I think I don't need to share my thoughts on Bodin Thompson, what I think of him. But what would you do, Cameron? Do you, would you give him another deal in the 2022 or would you, remembering that there's the other overseas quarter spot for him, what would you like to free that up or would you offer him another another deal at the end of 2022? When we signed him, we were already sort of coming towards the end of his career. I appreciate the job he's done and I thought he did a really important role for him in a tough spot last season when we were trying to balance the cup and mm. uh, trying to stay in the players' places um, last season with those midweek games. And he has, towards the end of the season, he's been asked to play proper. He's, he's not not been terrible and he's based, he's like I say he ticks the boxes but I think next season you, you know you probably again it's another one of these you, you towards the end of your career you've got a lot of young lads in your position coming up ready to take over yeah. and maybe look maybe look outside the club as well uh, potentially enhance someone younger, younger to enhance the squad so it's a Thank you very much, Bodine. You've done us a vitally important job in a couple of years of transition, hopefully trying to get us back next year to where we want to be as a club. You've done, yeah. your, you've done your job. You can either retire or you can find somewhere else and you'll do them a job, no doubt, You know, if you went to somewhere like Wakefield. Or, you know, I like how we're all just or, getting up our, all our unwanted players to Wakefield. <laughs> Bye, go to Wakefield. <laughs> <laughs> you there. <laughs> what do you think of him? I Gavin? agree with everything Cameron said. Yeah, I think he's done a Time good job. Go. Like he said, he got chucked in at deep end. If it was going from yeah. Toronto when they went bust, he gave him a job. He did a job midweek games. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I won't give him another deal. No, I agree. I think I think the overseas quarter spots are so key that yeah. uh, you can't, like Cameron said at the time, when, when we brought him in, he were ideal, but Looking forward now with the way the squad's taking shape, I think we need um, much better than him. What What do you think of our playoff hopes for this year, Gavin? How, how do you expect us to go in the playoffs? Should it all should we actually well, make? It? I, I think we're still miles behind Saints and Catalans, mm. but on the day, you never write off the rhinos, do you? No, never. No, but strange uh, things have happened. Strange things happen, and like I said, I, I fancy it all day in a one-off game against Catalans. Mm. I know, maybe not Saints. I know we beat them seven times in grand final. I just think a little bit them two teams are a bit more classy than all of us. But like oh, I said, that, in, knock, in knockout rugby, I won't back against us. Put it that way. And who's been who's been your player of the season, Gav? It's got to be Cruz Leeming. Yeah, this is the Cruz Leeming show now. 
Crow's Lemon Show. Only if he listens to it. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> if we keep talking. <laughs> yeah, Crow's Lemon Show. Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. I didn't think he had a full pre-season. He didn't start right well. And my dad used to say, what we signed him for? We got, um, But it's mm-hmm. he's, he's class. He's, he's actually cla- a class player now. He's not just a, yeah, go on, a buyer. He's, he's a, you, mm-hmm. you need him in your team. He's probably the first on team sheet every week. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's a cliche, but I think he is genuinely a player that gets better and better as each game goes yeah. on and on. You know, we've we've spoke about him loads on this podcast, and every time I watch him, I just think he's he's, he's even better than the week before. What do you think of him, Cameron? Might as well speak about him again. Uh, you know, when we signed him, mm. I really questioned the move because I thought it was too much like Dwyer. Because uh, what partway through 2019, didn't when we got rid of Matt Parcell, we'd won a grand final with us. Don't forget. Um, we brought in Sean Lund because I thought we needed that a controlling nine who's going to control the game and then we bring Dwyer on to do what my dad calls being a headless chicken bringing all the energy and really testing defences so I was like why you know but when Lunt, Lunt left after his loan spell I was like why are we signing Lehman he's just another Dwyer it won't work just like Ellen Dwyer Mm. But boy, is he proven me wrong because he can control a game. But what's mm. brilliant about him is not only can control a game, suddenly he can go, ah, this is a quick play of the ball. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to run and I'm going to cause them problems. And his support plays 10 out of 10 as well. Yeah. You know, he's got 10 tries this season, a lot of which have become because he puts the play down on the left. Andley makes a break or something. And he's back on the inside to take the pass and score the try. So he's class act. A bold prediction here. 2020 dream team number nine. 2022 dream team number nine of the cruise leaming. Yeah, I agree. Either that or, or six or seven, depending where. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> and of, of the of the three signings we've made for 2022, Gavin, which one are you most looking forward to seeing next year? Caesar Bentley Austin. I can't really. I'd like to say James Bentley because he just yeah. brings something different. It, when going mm. gets tough and you're down on energy, someone like him is like a John Bateman five years ago. Mm. Give him ball or do an eye tackle. Yeah, everyone's going to hate him. They're going to even hate him even more now he plays for Leeds. But Absolutely. he's just one who can probably can lose you a game. I'm not going to say he can't because obviously he's disciplined. But if you take discipline mm. out of his game, he won't be any good. No, he won't be the same player. I can't wait to see. Hopefully, his back injury is good and. James Bentley, I can't wait to see him in a Rhino shirt. And that won't mean Mellow or Martin probably missing out a few games back row, but I think he deserves his chances, Bentley. I'm sure he could have gone to an NRL team with how good he is, but local lad, isn't he? Leeds lad, so can't wait to get see him get going. What about you, Cameron? Which one of the three are you most excited to uh, to see in Blue and Amber? Absolutely buzzing to see Aidan Caesar. I was talking yeah. to a, cast, uh, a friend of mine who's a fan of Wesley and um, he he said to me flat out, he said, I think Aiden Sees is the best player in the league. And uh, he, I think he's played for a year as well. And uh, he's certainly up there. For, I mean, he were uh, whisker away wanting from winning the Man of Steel last year. Yeah, and he's all right, Huddersfield, he just brings them up a notch. He's a classy player, you know, mm. whether it's his running game, his passing game, his kicking game, creativity organising, you know, game management. He's got it all. And, um, I mean, I love, I have really appreciated Rob Louie um, 
the last sort of two and a half seasons that he's done a sort of important job and I'll be sad to see him leave, especially when he's probably in his best form for Leeds at the moment. But That's I'm really it. excited to see what Anderson can do. Taking us what, up another level. In terms of the half-back pairing, who would you choose, Cameron, out of our half-back options? Say they're all fully fit for 2022. First game of the season, who are you starting at six and seven? For me, it'd be Gale and Caesar. Gale on the left, Caesar on the right, and let's see what Caesar can do with maybe James Bentley on his outside and Harry Newman on his outside. I'll, I'll, to me, that's Lord, a more watering that prospect. Mm. What about you, Gavin? Who, who would I've you got to agree. Gale and Caesar. Mm. Even though Austin, class player, more off cuff is Austin. Mm. Yeah. Gale and Caesar, both sevens and like Cameron said imagine Caesar with, with them outside him yeah I think we should go well next season and if one does get injured hopefully they won't we've always got Blake Austin and Cruz Lehman and Cruz Lehman <laughs> yeah <laughs> well just to finish and again thanks a lot for coming on both of you some great debate and some really good points made I'd just like a prediction for the Saints game, what do you think, Gavin? Do you think we'll win? Do you think we'll lose? Uh, Mary Ryan knows that on we'll win by two points, but I like that. Yeah, but I don't I think like we'll that. I think we'll probably lose by about twelve, but hopefully we can get the job done and get into the playoffs. Cameron, what do you think? I honestly think it'll be really close game. Really? Gonna, yeah, I think. Well, we ran them close in the Challenge Cup, and that was yeah, we arguably weaker team than the one we'll name. I mean, you can argue here or there whether it was slight. It was bigger, it was a bigger team, physically bigger. But um, I'm more excited about seeing this team go up against a Saints team who are missing a bit of bite in the back. I think it'll be close, six points either way. And for some reason, and you, I can't believe I'm actually going to say this because I wasn't going to tip them, but I've just got this feeling in my gut that we're going to we are going to find a way to win on on Friday. You know, it'll, it'll be it'll be another one of the these the, like the whole win uh, the magic weekend. I just feel like it'll be we'll stick in there, we'll nick a try here or there, and we'll just we'll just get over the line. And Corey Johnson will score an eighty meter try coming off the bench to make his <laughs> second debut after retiring at the age of eighteen or whatever it was. To, to it'll be great to see him play. It will. It will. He's played really well for York, apparently. Yeah. Um, playing at seven, actually. I'd really, I'd really love to see him in that squad and see him play. I, I think we'll win, but I always think we'll win. But yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. <laughs> seen us, I've seen us win too much. Seen us, I've, ri- I've written us off in grand finals too many times, and I just think we win every game. But I, I, I agree with Gav. I'm going to say Leeds by two points, gentlemen. It has been an absolute pleasure to speak no to worries. you. Anytime. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Take care, always. won't you? Yeah. Speak yeah, soon. You See you, mate. Bye-bye. Do that. So that was it. That's the end of the match review panel. I'd like to thank Gavin and Cameron for coming on. Um, great discussion. Again, some more great insight, different opinions. What the whole... So I started the whole Lot 17A... Twitter account for really different different opinions. Um, although, like as I mentioned on Twitter, although there is different opinions, they're not. No one's ever abusive or unfriendly or says mean things. You know, not to sound childish, but you know what I mean. 
everyone's really friendly and if someone has a different opinion on Twitter then they can understand that because we're all, at the end of the day we're all Leeds fans at least the high majority of the ones that engage with the Lot 17A Twitter account are Leeds fans and we all want the best for the Rhinos don't we so even if someone has a different opinion I always think well we all want the same goal we want Leeds to win things and at the end of the day that's all that matters so it's always nice to get some different opinions on the Match Review Panel podcast. If you are interested in coming on a future show, I do have guests lined up for the whole KR game and the Saints game. I'm going to, I need to um, just finalise a couple of those for the for the Saints game. Like I mentioned on the last pod, a well-known Twitter Saints troll that you're probably well aware of. I am going to speak to him and try to get him on to review the Saints game. So God forbid we... Um, get something out of that game because he might be a bit unbearable. Who knows? It might just be a whole persona and he's one of the most friendliest guys ever. Who knows? We'll see if we get him on. If you are interested in coming on to a future podcast, just get in touch with me on Twitter, at Lot17A. I say it all the time, but that's the only social media, that's the only thing I use, so that's the only way you can get in touch with me. You can just send me a DM or um, leave me a comment on there. We'll work through it. In terms of future podcasts, I mentioned on the last podcast, um, I'm going to do a review of the season, lead season, so whether that's a grand final win or whatever, we'll, whenever that time comes, I am going to review that. I do have the guests locked in for that um, podcast, and review podcast. I said podcast too many times then. I'm also going to do a, a general rugby league round up the state of rugby league what you know kind of get people's different opinions I'm going to ask them different topics on expansion and salary cap etc etc that's going to come up at the end of the season as well I'm also I've also been liaising and speaking with um, LUFC Stats you may have heard of him if you're on Twitter and a Leeds United fan he's a beacon of knowledge I'm just trying to organise a time in our both our schedules where we can both get on the pod and really pick his brain and, and get some some real gems of information from his database of knowledge. If you don't follow him on Twitter, he's well worth and um he's many he's mainly sorry Leeds United based, but I'm a Leeds fan Leeds United fan as well, so he's well worth a follow. But he does he does have a lot of um of, of Rhino's knowledge as well. So just thrashing it out between me and Stats to get him on and get him on a podcast so that'll be a bit of a retro feel to that one I imagine I've also liaising with a Bradford fan a big Bradford fan Andrew Um, again just trying to get a time where we can both get on and record and um, thrash it out and we're going to go through the Leeds Bradford derbies from Bradford's, uh, Bradford, Colin Bradford. Andrew's got great knowledge of Bradford. He's a Bradford fan, so we're going to go. We're going to thrash through some of our favourite derby games, I think, and just go through um, a bit of a a bit of a trip down memory lane because I've mentioned it before, but I miss Bradford. Do I miss them? I miss those games. The appetite for the other West Yorkshire sides is not the same. Um, I'm of an age that the Bradford game was the biggest game for for the Rhinos and Amisom. So it will be nice to um, speak to Andrew and go down that memory that memory lane. We'll try not to talk about Bradford too much. <laughs> I'm only joking, but it'll be nice to um, to go through uh, 
the old the old rivalry, so to speak. So thanks again for listening. I really appreciate your support in however you've listened to this, whether it's Spotify, Anchor, Google. Still trying to work out how to get it onto Apple. Um, but with work and everything, it's a bit of a... It's becoming a bit of a ball, like, to be honest. Again, thanks for listening. The next match review panel will be the Saints game. So that'll be out a couple of days after the uh, the game, funnily enough. Right, I've waffled enough. Thanks a lot for listening, and uh, yeah, take care.